everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cheeky Geeky. I am Monet. And I'm Odogu. And this is our J.K. Rowling vs. J.R.R. Tolkien episode, which has actually pretty much just evolved into a why we love Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter episode because you really can't pit the two of them together because they're just that awesome. Yeah, they're basically two of their own worlds, and there is nothing quite like, uh, quite like the world that they have created. Yeah. Now I'm gonna be upfront. I've never read the Lord of the Rings books. Um, I've seen all of the movies. I have not seen or read The Hobbit, um, or any of the movies. Um, well, I watched the animated Hobbit when I was a little little kid, but I don't remember anything from it. My stepdad, however, read the books in high school, and he says that uh, the movies are so true to the source material that you can get away with not having read the books because there's really not much that was left out that's important to the story. Yeah, I haven't either read the uh, Lord of the Rings books. Um, my bestie has multiple times. Um and while they are very faithful to the books, if you are one of those uh, in the fine detail, then it wouldn't hurt to read them. Um, as far as the movies, I I watched Lord of the Rings because I was super into Ian McKellen, as I still am. Um, Harry Potter, it was, I was of that age. I saw the... Uh, I got into the movies, which led me into, okay, I need those finer details. Um, so I haven't read, like, cover to cover all the books, but I have read parts of all the books. Uh, Harry Potter came out when I was in fifth grade. And when I was in fifth grade, I went on this super, super religious Christian kick. And I refused to read the books when they came out. I'm sorry, no, the books came out in fourth grade. I was given one as a Christmas gift. Fifth grade is when the movie came out. Um, so, but, yeah, I refused to read the books. Um, because that's witchcraft. That's evil. God wouldn't approve. And then, uh, family movie night, when the movie came out, I was dragged, kicking and screaming, to see the first movie, and, oh my god, it's everything magical and right in the world, and how could I ever have not wanted to read these books? Proceeded to go home and read the book within, I think, four hours. And I have been hooked on Potter ever since. Yeah, the, um... I will say both of them do have common threads as far as many books, very long. Um, you have to be dedicated to want to submerge yourself in them. Um, and they also have short prequels that somehow they're making into multi-movies. Um, now, I will say the first Harry Potter book that I read, um, and I know this is, this is going to get me in such hot water, 
but it's the truth, and we have to acknowledge that I was bad. Um, it uh, was last book, book seven, which came out around the time Order of the Phoenix uh, was either going to be on DVD or was like out at movie theaters. I got book six. I was I'm super into Snape, and I went to the Prince's Tale. That is the first Harry Potter thing I read. I, I am sorry, I have let everybody down. So you didn't start at the beginning of the series like a normal human being? Of course not. I needed to know what happened with Snape. Oh my god. Yeah, I, uh... <laughs> never gonna live it down, but in my defense, then, I did go back and start at book one... I have to say that um, book one captivated me a lot more than the first time I saw the first movie, um, just because Jake has a way of weaving a story that is adult but is easily understandable for kids, um, and has all these details that... Yes, in theory, you don't need, but in reality, for the sake of world building and uh, developing a good story, you want to have. And from the little that I've seen, um, while Tolkien's are a little bit more, I don't want to say old world style, but um, he was from a different time. They do have that same feel, even though I will say that they are a lot more intimidating and hard to read if you are going to make that plunge. Yeah. Um, the books are definitely very detailed. Um, they were something that I grew up reading. And so it felt like I was taking the journey of adolescence with Harry, and the more grown up I became, the more grown up the books became. So it was really cool. You start off with the first book, you've got all the, the wonder and magic of this, this new world, this new old world, and it, it's so fascinating. Everything feels bright and shiny. It's just like when you're a kid, you know, and you know, starting something for the first time, like going to high school for the first time. It's, it's, it's new. It's exciting. It's something you've been waiting for your whole life. You know, for Harry, it was, you know, his, obviously he wasn't waiting to go to this wizarding school his whole life because he didn't know about it, but getting away from the Dursleys, you know, getting to be his own person. Those were his high, that, that was his parallel to the high school, going to the high school feeling. And, um, you read these books at the age of 11 and you, you grow up with them. You know, Harry starts getting interested in girls around the same time that, you know, the readers are starting to get interested in, you know, that, you know, in, you know, whatever gender they're interested in. Um, you know, you, Harry develops that teen angst at the same time the readers are developing that teen angst. You know, there's something just really magical about getting to grow up with your favorite book characters. 
See, I didn't really have that, and, and that's mainly because of the fact that I'm the type of person that if something is super popular, has a ton of hype, I'm going to avoid it and, you know, recoil against it um, until, one, I'm ready, and two, I'm not influenced with what everybody else thinks about it. Uh, that way I can gauge it on its own merits. Um, which is, again, one of the reasons why I didn't get into the uh, fandom until Order of the Phoenix came out, until the last book came out. Um, I will say that um, when I started reading the first book, and this, I, I am, I don't know if I'm disappointed or not that they didn't adapt this part, because at the start of the book where uh, Vernon is, like, seeing all this weird stuff and he's flipping out, um, they, they didn't capture it to a point. But the way she describes it, I can read that over and over. That has to be my favorite part of the first book. Um, besides, you know, my whole Snake Fangirl stuff, um, Vernon flipping out with the wizards and all the crazy stuff. Um, really wish, uh, really wish that could have been in the movies, but, uh, I, I think they'd ruin it. I was actually really disappointed that that chapter wasn't in the movie. Um, because reading it as an adult, that is very much Vernon's what the fuck moment in life. I know, right? Um, so I have, I have to ask, cause you're not the only person. Are you so attracted to Snape because of Alan Rickman? Or is there something <laughs> else that attracts you to him? I love Snape as the character that he is because you're supposed to hate him. He is the character that you love to hate, and I love Snape for everything that he is and everything that he isn't. However, the sexual attraction to Snape has always and will always boggle my mind. As someone that is hardcore into the Snape fandom, um, that has read far, far too much Snape fan fiction. Like, I could tell you stories, but I won't. Um, part of it is, yes, because of Alan Rickman. I am a huge fan of Alan Rickman. That being said, I'm attracted to Snape for the sake of Snape. Is he an asshole? Absolutely. Um, but he is one of those uh, characters that I can relate to. Um, as far as certain things that he's went through in his life and his life choices, where, yeah, he is a bad guy, but he also is a good guy as well. He's in that uh, Shades of Grey category where, um, you know, he was bullied at school, and I was excessively bullied at school. Um, he values things like intelligence, um, like competency and really can't stand anything 
less than that. Um, I don't like a lot of the things that he does, especially to Neville. He is a dick to Neville, and I love Neville. Let me interject Um, here for a second. I want to reevaluate your statement of he values intelligence and competency. You say that, yet look at the way he treats Hermione. Oh, that is very true, especially when, uh, I think it was book two, where um, Malfoy cursed her teeth, and he's was like, I book see no four. difference. So, yeah, he values it when he wants to, and that is, uh, that is a character defect of him. Um, now, as far as, you know, the whole sexual thing, besides the, besides Alan Rickman, because um, when I read fan fiction, I don't envision him as Alan Rickman. When I'm watching um, the, the movies, yes, but when I'm reading the books or reading some fan fiction, I don't see Alan. I see um, this guy with, like, length, black hair, um, kind of gangly, stuff like that, although sometimes they say that... Um, he kind of has a tom build where it's like it's length, but there's tight muscle. Um, <laughs> I know it's confusing. I, I I get that unless you're into it, it's hard to understand. I, I don't want um, to picture Snape with Tom Hiddleston's body. That just kind of ruins Tom Hiddleston <laughs> for me. <laughs> oh, oh, come on. I know he was already ruined thanks to the fandom. I'm just adding the little cherry on the top. Um, as far as Lord of the Rings, because I, I don't want this to be one-sided, um, a lot of the book stuff is based off of what my friend has told me, um, and I have to say that going to that, I think that they did the movies the best that they could. Because the movies, especially if you do, like, the uncut editions, they are super long. I um, own the entire uncut collection, and I legit will spend 12 hours watching them in a day. No shame. The, the thing is, from, from what I've heard, and that's what I have to go off of here, it's like they cut stuff that it's like you really don't need to see them doing this for three days in a book. Um, and they did that in Harry Potter, too, where, like, yes, I could complain, well, I wanted to see that, and that's missing, and that's missing, which you can do to excess even in Lord of the Rings. Um, you have to ask yourself, at least from uh, from a book-to-movie conversion of did they leave enough in to still tell the story? Because these books, they they are excessively long, and it's kind of hard to put everything in and tell the same story. For Lord of the Rings, yes. I think they executed the, the book content to movie content ratio perfectly. For Harry Potter, no. They left out so many important things. Uh, my biggest pet peeve is they left out the the origin story of the crea- of the creators of the Marauder map. Oh yeah, that is my biggest pet peeve of stuff that they left out in the movie because it becomes so important later on in the movies, and they had mm-hmm. to cut and change 
the story of the movies because they left something that seemed trivial out in the beginning of the of this movie series. I think well, the- they should have waited to do the movies until the books were all done or almost completely out. Um, I, for one, am a huge fan of the idea that there needs to be a Harry Potter series, uh, TV series, um, where each season is one book and each chapter of the book is its own episode because not only could you fill out the series so much more, especially with all of this post-publishing information that J.K. Rowling has provided, but you can also add in all the stupid, whimsical stuff of the books without destroying any of the integrity. Yeah, I will say, uh, the thing that they left out, and and this is what burns me, and, and Disney did it too, where they filmed Snape's Worst Memories. They filmed it. The reason why I know they filmed it, like, completely and wait, 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 why do you say Disney? Okay, you know, remember Age of Ultron? You remember that? Yes. And they recorded stuff with Loki, and they refused to release it, even, like, with that special, expensive, uh, limited edition whatever. Well, they refused um, to release it because the way it was filmed, it was leaving fans, not even Loki fans, just general fans, with the impression that Loki was behind Ultron and was controlling Ultron. So I understand the reasons for not releasing it. I understand it when the movie first comes out, but it's like, it's been years? Why isn't it released? And the same with Harry Potter. And and the reason why I knew it is I I got a, uh, a day-by-day Harry Potter calendar, and there were pictures... <laughs> So they recorded the whole thing. Instead, they did this quick-cut BS that really does not tell us jack shit except that Sirius and James were a dick to Snape, and that's pretty much it. And I feel that in the end, in the end, um, why Snape did what he did would have made a little bit more sense and if they included that. And it would also add the question of, okay, well, whose side is he really on? A little bit more, even though they did a great job with that. I agree with you to a point. However, as somebody who was abused by parents and who was treated rather unfairly by some of her teachers, there is no excuse for how Snape acted in regards to the students at Hogwarts. There is no excuse. There is no amount of footage that you could add to those movies, whether it was shot or not, that could justify how he treated any student who was not a Slytherin. Oh, I I can never just... Like, I might be his fangirl, but I cannot justify his actions in that uh, sense. Um, and I will not justify them. Um, I'm just saying as someone who really enjoyed the Snape Lily side of things, 
I would have liked to see it because it is basically the he fucked up to the point that if he didn't, he may not have joined the Dark Lord. Depending. I appreciate the Snape Lily aspect of things because from the very beginning of their friendship, Snape was extremely toxic. And the progression of their relationship shows how important it is to shed toxic people from your life. At no point in time was Snape ever her friend. He was obsessed with her. He wanted to possess her. He wanted to own her. At no point did they have a pure, innocent friendship. And it is so important to show that because these relationships happen in real life. And I don't understand why people say, oh, Snape loved Lily so much. And why always is such a big quote that everybody you know, quotes and gets tattooed and everything. Snape was obsessed. Obsession is not love. The The Snape-Lily relationship shows toxicity in its rawest form. And I don't understand why people are romanticizing it so much. Even J.K. Rowling has gone on record to say she wants people to stop doing that. So I shouldn't tell you about the Snape and adult Hermione fanfiction. Got it. Oh, I heard about that back when I was in high school. And I about puked when my friend showed it to me. (laughs) I won't won't mention Snary either. Or sing the Snary theme song. Because there's a Snary theme song. Nope, 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 nope. There is... I, I love Snape. As the gray character. I love him for his flaws. I love him for his redemptions. However, you will never be able to convince me that he is a good person. He is a bad person who has done good things. I I, I can get behind that to a point. So I think here would probably be a uh, a good point to put the uh, the ad break. Yeah, we're gonna go ahead uh, take a break here. When we come back, we will talk about Lord of the Rings. Um, and for people who are wondering, real quick, we're kind of rushing through this episode because it is really late for both of us, and both of us are really just kind of like dragging from the extra workload. Uh, from this virus. So this is going to be a a relatively quicker episode. But please don't be upset. We will have episodes dedicated to Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings uh, in future seasons of the show. This episode is kind of just kind of touch base, feel the waters, try and get this is just to get people to listen to the show. Because we only have like seven listeners right now. So, but, um... I meant to mention that at the beginning of the episode and I forgot because we just jumped right into things. So we're going to take an ad break and we'll be back. We'll be talking more about uh, Lord of the Rings. Um, And then after we've exhausted what we want to say about Lord of the Rings, we'll touch up on some of the things that we, some more things that we like about both series and then we'll wrap up the episode. So um, we'll see you back here in a few minutes. And we're back. 
Um, so now that we're back from the ad, we're going to talk about Lord of the Rings. Because the first half of the episode was like 95% Harry Potter. <laughs> Also, I think we focus more on Harry Potter because that's what we're more familiar with. Um, you can only be so familiar with Lord of the Rings if you've only ever watched the movies. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I will. I will say that, like with Harry Potter, it wasn't as bad with Lord of the Rings as it was with Harry Potter. I was super against Harry Potter because um, the first movie I saw was because me and my mom were like, fine, you know, the hype it's on there. We were bored out of our mind during the first movie, but then I went back when they had a movie marathon, and that's when I was hooked. As far as Lord of the Rings, though, um, it I got in there, I, I, I don't really remember, but um, it wasn't like when it first, first came out, but it was definitely before the last movie. So I want to say around the two towers, maybe a little bit before. Um, my best friend and I snuck in to see the first Lord of the Rings movie. <laughs> and, mind you, we were 12 years old. We were just 12, so we didn't understand why it was such a bad thing. Um, and we left about 40 minutes in because we were bored to tears. I don't even think we'd got, I don't even think it was 40 minutes because we hadn't even gotten to the point where Legolas had been introduced, at least not as, not as a main character. And we were just bored to tears. And we got up and left. Oh. See, I was just happy to see Ian McKellen, so I was like, yeah, <laughs> Ian McKellen, let's, let's go for a ride. Yeah, well, we, oh. we, we got up and left and snuck in to see Ghost Ship. <laughs> Which, oh, and God. then they figured oh. out that there were two 12-year-olds in Ghost Ship and we got kicked out of the movie theater. But, um, anyway, I didn't get into Lord of the Rings until the second movie, The Two Towers. Um, when my mom... My parents rented the first movie when the second movie was getting ready to come out. And then we, as a family, went and saw the second movie. Uh, so that's when I got into it. Because I was just kind of like, well, I don't want to go up to my room and read. I've been reading all day. I'll sit here and watch this crappy movie with my parents. And then... As soon as I realized how badass and how freaking hot Legolas was, I was I was hooked. So oh, I yeah. think if I just held out a little longer when I snuck in to see it at the theater, probably would have been on the Lord of the Rings train a little bit sooner. But yeah. Also Liv Tyler in that movie. Whew. Uh Liv Tyler back in those days was a serious competitor for my affections with Natalie Portman. 
However, Natalie Portman is still, still won because, you know, she's in Star Wars. But anyway. <laughs> See? <laughs> besides, besides Gandalf, which, oh God, oh God, you know, freaking wizard. Um, besides him, um, I have, I have to, I have to admit, um, Orlando Bloom lately, you know, he was a sexy elf, but not even him, not even him as well. It, it was just like complete fangirl. Oh my God. Why is everybody sexy? Um, cause Aragorn, like, Oh, he, he, he Don't get me started on Aragorn. Oh, my God. I mean, tell me I'm wrong. Yes. It, Lord of the Rings is, is full of very beautiful people. <laughs> it's also so visually appealing. Yes. Oh, my God. I developed a love for New Zealand after watching Lord of the Rings. One of the things on my bucket list is to take the Lord of the Rings um, tours down in New Zealand because, oh, I would love to see where everything was filmed. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, even Sir Christopher Lee was in it, and I I know, I know, Odo goes into the old dudes. I know, I know. But I mean, it had so many good actors. It had it had a director with a vision. Um, it's consistent. While I have to admit, Return of the King is my favorite. You could you can pick little scenes from each one where it's like each one could be your favorite scene. Um, I, I will also admit that, uh, and, and this isn't related to the movies yet, it is, the uh, GBA version of Return of the King. If you can pick up that game, y'all need to play it. It's amazing. It has great be played by Alien. <laughs> um, have you seen then, the Have you seen the Hobbit movies? I have seen the Hobbit movies. I believe I saw all three in theaters. Could be wrong there. I know I've seen at least one or two. Um, and that is, one, because I love Lord of the Rings. Uh, two, because, I mean, Martin Freeman. Um, I, I am a, a fangirl of his. I love Ian McKellen. Um, I, I do have a lot of problems with it, and... Um, I have problems with it even more than with Harry Potter, and Harry Potter is guilty of the same thing, of taking this super small book or idea, and because, oh, trilogies are the thing now, let, let's just uh, cram random-ass crap in, no matter, you know, whether the story suffers or not. Um, I will say, though, they did add at least one character, um, which... Uh, which was not in the books, well, the Hobbit book, um, and I will say at least that made the whole thing worth it with all the side stories. Yeah, um, I'm actually going to buy all of the movies right now um, and watch them this weekend, I think. Um, yeah, I, my stepdad, who's, who's read all the books, he's a big fan of the books, doesn't understand why The Hobbit was broken into three movies. 
I don't even think he's seen all of the movies. I think he just saw the first one and was just like, yeah, this didn't need to be three movies. Um, but yeah, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them does not need to be five movies. I actually, reading the, the side book and watching the movie, the, the two don't go together. <laughs> it would have been better to have made the textbook into a, like bonus feature on the mo- on the on the box collection of the DVD and then use what is currently called Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them as a prequel which is exactly what it is. The textbook isn't a prequel. The textbook was just a textbook. I think she did it as a charity project. Um so I think well, that would have been better. What they could have done is just, like, let's say movie, it, it was a five-movie thing, but they didn't name it Fantastic Beasts. They'd have to think of something else. Yeah, that's what I'm um, saying. Name it something else. and Because it, and it makes no sense to movie. be named after the, right, it makes no sense to be named after the the textbook. Now, Crimes of Grindelwald, you could just leave it at that. Crimes of Grindelwald. And just drop the Fantastic Beasts. Find something else to call the first Fantastic Beasts movie. Because it doesn't make sense to be called Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. Because it has nothing to do with the textbook. Yes, I get it. It's yeah. about the guy that, that wrote the textbook. However, unless you have read the Harry Potter books, you don't know that. And unless you have yeah, read and- the... And it's not even if you... Because I know people who've read the Harry Potter books who haven't made that connection. It's like, unless you have read the Harry Potter books, you know, down to the last period, you you don't necessarily make the connection that this is the story of the guy who wrote the textbook because you don't have... None of the stuff that happens in the movie happens in the textbook. And none of the stuff that happens in the textbook happens in the movie. So it, it literally, it makes no sense. I don't understand it. Yeah, I mean, at this point, they're just shoving him in because that's the, the main title. Because um, his story's over. Um, the elf that I was thinking, I couldn't remember her name. It was, uh, and I'm sorry, it was uh, Turiel. She was the, uh, the red-haired elf. Um, she was not in the Hobbit book. Okay. So when I watch The Hobbit tonight, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> I literally just bought the first one. <laughs> it's on Amazon Prime. Okay, I'm going to start watching it as soon as we get done with this. <laughs> but you have to watch the extra features that have Benedict Cumberbatch dragging his dick on the floor because he loves him some motion capture. <laughs> um, I'm buying it off of Amazon, so it doesn't come with the special edition. It doesn't come with the, the deleted scenes. I'll have to go to YouTube for those. Yeah, watch watch uh, the Cumber Baby just dragging his, dragging his stuff all over the floor, being a dragon. <laughs> Not a. I appreciate Benedict Cumberbatch as an actor. I wouldn't consider myself a fan. I appreciate his work as an actor, and I will go see. Now that I I know who he is and I'm familiar with him, 
uh, through MCU and I've watched Sherlock. I, I will go see his movies if he's headlining, but I, I don't consider myself a fan. But um, I'm kind of that, interested that's more of to. Baby for me. I, I'm I'm kind of interested to to see him in this motion cap suit now that you've talked about it. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean he does that. He does Dormammu. Um, he loves him some Mosher Captain. Yeah, I knew he was um, Dormammu. Yeah, in Doctor Strange. <laughs> now, as far I call his, as I call the villain in Doctor Strange Dormomomo because I can't say his name. What? I call him Dormomo because I can't say his name. Dormammu. Dermamu, is that it? Dermamu? Yeah. Oh, okay, that's not as hard. Dar. Dar. Darmamu. Darmamu. I need to watch Doctor Strange again. I might do that this weekend. Um, but, um, as far as things that I'd like to see in the future, um, as far as media, I'm gonna be honest, I wish they would, I think there's talks of them redoing Lord of the Rings and yes, as a Netflix series, me. as a Netflix series, I'm excited for it. See, I I think you know that they they did it. It was awesome, and they need to leave it be. <laughs> um, maybe that's selfish of me, but. Uh, I mean, some of the actors, they, they're no longer with us. Um, that, and I, I will note something, and he is not the only one to have broken down on a set. Um, I think uh, I heard Mark Hamill did a similar thing, possibly for different reasons, but Ian McKellen broke down cause, um, because he's Gandalf and everybody else, you know, is Hobbit. Um, it was basically him in an empty room acting with himself and he broke down saying that uh this is not what i got into acting for yeah as far as uh what you'd like to see in uh as far as lord of the rings is concerned oh, i don't know i a Lord of the Rings convention would be kind of cool. Yes, yes. Um, but as far as media is concerned, television um, or, uh, or movies. Well, I mean, uh, I'm excited about the Netflix show that's coming out. So I, I really I don't know what else there is to want. What Netflix show? the Netflix TV series that we were just, that I just talked about. I guess I, I, I didn't understand. I misinterpreted. Yes. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Cause you asked, you I said, you, you said you thought you'd heard something about one. And I said, yes, Netflix. And you said, Oh, okay. And then continued talking. <laughs> Oh, 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 they're doing it on Netflix. Okay. Yes, Netflix is doing it. Leave me alone. So I, I don't know what else there is really for me to want. I mean, I played Lord it, of the Rings online for a while. Show, right? Yeah, I, I played Lord of the Rings online for a while. There's really not anything else to explore within Middle Earth. 
And I think that's a testament of not only not only Tolkien, but also the people who took his work that were fans of his work and wanted to do it justice, um, actually doing that. Um, whereas with Harry Potter, and, and maybe it also has to do with the fact that, yes, you know, she is alive. She can give us more. Um, I would love to see something like I, I'm excited to see the whole Dumbledore story um but I'd like to see the Marauders error I would prefer to see the Marauders error versus what we're getting right now especially since there's a lot of contradictions in this prequel series uh there's a lot of things that don't make McGonagall. sense uh, yeah, McGonagall thank you yes I was just about to say that for instance, McGonagall showing up as a teacher at Hogwarts when she should just, like, not even be born yet. Um, that one makes no <laughs> because sense Because we know McGonagall, Harry Potter, we need, to re- we need to watch it because it's referencing what we like. Right, like, I, I don't... I will continue to watch these movies to see where they go. However, I don't like them. There's too many contradictions. I just like the cursed child. I oh God, pretend no, the cursed child that. does not exist within the Harry Potter world. It is nothing but really, really bad fan fiction that J.K. Mm. Rowling slapped her name on so that she could get an additional paycheck. That is all it is, is a cash grab for J.K. Rowling. It wasn't even written by her. It contrad it breaks. So many rules that she has already established. Mm. And it has no business existing to the extent that it does. Now I got a hard question for you. At least uh, possibly hard. Final question here. Best soundtrack, best music. Which theory did it better? I have a secret love affair with the music of John Williams and John Williams started and finished Harry Potter even though he didn't stick around for the whole thing because you know Star Wars but the people who came after him in the series continued um with the continued in his stylings while adding their own flair, and that's really hard to do, especially when you're a music composer. So I have to go with Harry Potter. I have to go Lord of the Rings. Um, now, mind you, I love Harry Potter, and uh, and you're absolutely right. Um, it's when when I think of iconic music, and yes, the Harry Potter theme. You know, you hear that, it's like, oh, I know what that is. Um, as far as instrumental pieces, I have to, I have to say that when music comes to mind, I don't think of Harry Potter besides the do 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 um, where with Lord of the Rings, I can. Uh, see, when I think of Harry Potter music, I think of Hedwig's theme, which is the do 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 But I also think of... 
Double, double, toil and trouble, fire, burning, cauldron, bubble. And then I also think of the Weird Sisters um, playing their song at the Yule Ball. I can't think of how it goes right now, but you guys probably don't want to hear me sing anymore anyway. Can you dance like a hippogriff? Hell <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, can you dance like a hippogriff? They, yeah, they released the lyrics. Um, earlier this year, um, if I think about it, I will post it up on the podcast page and in the Patreon. Hello, are you still there? I am. Okay. So, um, so basically final thoughts, final thoughts on each. Final thoughts on each. I think we need a Harry Potter MMORPG. <laughs> um, I think... I think Lord of the Rings is good the way it is, uh, from what I've experienced. Um, I do know... I don't think... Uh, final notes on that Netflix series. I don't think it's a re... a reboot of Lord of the Rings. I think it's a new it's new stories within that universe so i don't think it's rebooting anything i think it's just telling more stories uh from within the universe and stuff like that um but yeah i think there is a lot more that can be done with harry potter that could be done better a second time around um i think cursed child needs to burn in hell and die um i think that Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is being poorly, is a great idea, but being poorly executed, and, um, we need more, we need more Harry Potter. <laughs> I mean, I have a lot of the, uh, the same feelings, um, I, Lord of the Rings, nice tight bow, um, Hobbit I was worried about, but I still enjoy, even though, um, it is not as good. It's still enjoyable for me, even though it's loaded. Um, and, I mean, I was part of the hype for a point of it. Um, I did, uh, I did see, like, the last part of, uh, I wanted to see Return of the King in theaters. My mom refused, dragged me to Passion of the Christ. Um, and then when we went to go see the final part of um, the Return of the King, she complained about how gory it was. And it's like we, ju we just got finished seeing Passion of the Christ. So uh, I was going to anyway. say, Passion of the Christ <laughs> is definitely more gory than Return of the King. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, I've I only seen Passion of the Christ uh, twice, but I'm pretty sure it's more gory. <laughs> okay. Um, basically, all the stars aligned for it, um, to be what it is, and Harry Potter, it, it's almost there, and I love Harry Potter, like, I love it so much, but it's, it's, it's a hair below, even though I, I have to say I will always go back to Harry Potter over Lord of the Rings, even with its faults. Um, I do want to see more in that universe, but uh, I tread cautiously. 
Um, yeah. and, and that dude is not a Dumbledore, damn it. Jude Law? No. Oh, you're talking about uh, Ezra Miller's character. Hey, before we go real quick, I want to talk about something about Ezra Miller for a second here. Go on. Um, did you see the video of him getting into an argument with somebody, in an argument with a woman and choking her? You know, I heard about that, didn't, didn't see it, but heard about that or something. I, I, I don't have the details, though. definitely watched the video, and it was definitely not good. I, I, I don't care for Ezra Miller. I, I think he is extremely bizarre, even beyond what I can tolerate. Um, he's a really good actor. I will never deny that. He's a really, really, really good actor. I've seen some of his other films completely by accident. Um, but yeah, I watched that video and I was just completely shocked. Especially since he has a very hardcore no-violence platform. I, I don't know. Um... <laughs> I, I wish I had more to put in, but I don't know. Yeah, so that is the thing that happened. Uh, we will definitely keep an eye out on the situation as news unfolds in regards to that. Um, also, one thing I wanted to ask, wanted to talk about real quick is, what house are you in, Odegu? <laughs> I see you as it being a total Hufflepuff. Really? Why yes. is that? You just, you seem like a Hufflepuff to me. I've, I've known you for, what, about two and a half years now? And you're, you're very loyal, you're very kind, you're very friendly. You just, you seem to embrace the puff. See, see now, now I can accept it coming from you. No, but um, <laughs> I, w I would agree with you simply because of the fact that um, I have to support what she values, the whole honesty, loyalty, uh, different things like that. It isn't just, oh, well, I'll take the rest, which she does, um, and the house does. It's also, okay, what do you, what do you value more? loyalty and honesty, um, or bravery or cunning or, you know, intelligence, you can be intelligent and brave, but still, as far as what you value most, um, value something in Hufflepuff. So I, I yeah. would have to agree. Um, even though when I was younger, I probably would have said Ravenclaw, but now that I'm older, um, I would agree. What about you, Missy? I have well, an idea, but what, what about I... you? I, my house that I chose for myself and the house that I was sorted into on Pottermore are the same. What house do you think it is? I want to say Ravenclaw. No! I am a Slytherin. <laughs> I am ambitious and cunning and I don't take shit from people. Um, this is true. and, um, yeah, I'm a Slytherin through and through. A lot of people, when they first meet me, they think I am Ravenclaw or Hufflepuff. 
And actually, according to Pottermore, my hybrid house is Slither and Hufflepuff. So I am a proud Slitherpuff. <laughs> well, I, I'm a Slitherpuff because I am, I am also loyal to, I, I, I am extremely loyal and I am honest to a fault. Like, at work, I'm constantly getting ragged on for tattling on myself. I, I cannot lie to save my life. Oh, trust me, I, I feel that pain. Um. <laughs> so I I am a Slitherpuff, um, but I I predominantly so you're basically like a boa constrictor. Pretty much, but yeah, I um I proudly I proudly wave my Slytherin banner. Um, I'm actually wearing my Slytherin pants right now. Um, I've got my dark mark tattoo. I'm I'm a Slytherin through and through. <laughs> Oh, I tried to save her. I tried to save her. And for anybody questioning why I have a dark mark tattoo, yes, it is in the proper spot. I got the dark mark tattoo, and this is actually mentioned, uh, if you listen to the podcast called Potterless, um, the uh, host over there actually mentioned, I actually tweeted him about it um, because he didn't, he didn't, he, he didn't like the idea of getting... Dark Mark Tattoos, he said that he couldn't understand why any decent human being would get a Dark Mark Tattoo. I, as I explained to him on Twitter, as I will explain here, as he explained, kind of, he, he got it mixed up, but on his, uh, on his podcast, I got the Dark Mark to prove that um, everybody makes mistakes and can be redeemed. Because there are a lot of Death Eaters who were able to redeem themselves. Um, I got it after I left my ex-husband because that was, I feel like, my biggest mistake. And for me, my ex-husband was my personal Voldemort. So I got the tattoo to remind myself that I can be redeemed from my mistakes. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> and then Narcissa is like, F this shit, I'm out. You're right. <laughs> so, and actually, on that note, we're going to take a note from Narcissa. And we're going to wrap things up. Um, Odegu, where can they find you on social media? Uh, Facebook, YouTube, basically every place. Team Aeon. Um, I'm currently live streaming with my, uh, my partner, Nova. Bunch of Minecraft Saturdays and either Mondays or Tuesdays on Twitch. What about you, Miss Lady? Um, just search Monet Argelouf on Facebook, Twitter, I'll pop up. Um, you can find me on wattpad.com. Um, of course, all of these links will be in the, um, will be in the, the blurb section of the podcast. Um, you can find Cheeky Geeky on Facebook, Twitter, and Patreon. Um, also make sure you go to social media platforms and give us that little like. Um, if you check out our Patreon, you get, uh, I try to do, um, a week prior access to new episodes. However, with this virus, it's been crazy because my work schedule has been changed and my workload has increased. Um, so I, I give you at least... 24 to 48 hours advance 
um, access to new episodes. Um, we have a $1 tier, $10 tier, and a $15 tier. Um, no matter what tier you go to, um, you help our charity causes, which are explained on Patreon. Um, once we hit, um, a hundred, uh, Patreons, we will donate, um, X amount of money to, uh, a charity. Um, right now we are working on raising money to donate to GLAAD, uh, to help, uh, to help uh, the LGBTQ community. So definitely check us out there. Um, you get different perks for each tier. Um, we don't have any patrons right now, so things are pretty dead over there. But I promise you, the more patrons we get, the more we will actually do with our Patreon. We just don't see the point in doing anything for nobody. The first person that, that does become a patron gets, like, a picture of cheese. <laughs> Actually, I, I'm thinking the first person who becomes a patron will get uh, access to everything on the $15 tier without actually having to pay the $15 tier, unless that's the tier that they choose. Um, now that I've said that, I'm going to get, like, a bunch of people signing up for the dollar tier, hoping they get free access to the $15 tier. <sighs> But it's only for the first person. Yes, it's only for the first person. It's only for the first person. And, yeah, it's only for the first person. And uh, Patreon tells me who the first person is. So, ooh. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, we are going to call call it for this month's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. You got three episodes this month. You got the you got what was supposed to be March's episode. You got our special COVID nineteen uh, PSA episode with me and Cheryl from my former podcast, The Hiddleston Review, and then you've got this one. So this has been quite the month for listeners. Woohoo! I know, and we we actually we went uh, we went longer than I thought. Um, we just didn't go into, like, two-plus hours because Marvel and DC boners. We haven't even hit the first hour yet. We're still at 57 minutes. Mm. Which, this is about as long as I wanted the episode to be. Because usually our episodes, by the time we get done recording, are about an hour and a half to two hours long. And then I'd knock them I knock them shorter while we're uh, in editing. So, but yeah, we've hit 58 minutes, so we want to keep this under an hour. So, we will talk later. Uh, make sure you hit up our social medias. Uh, don't forget to keep an eye out on Facebook and Twitter for my Sunday movie marathons via Netflix party. And don't forget to get active on our social medias. What you say there could end up on here. And what's next month? What are we doing? I don't remember and I don't have it pulled up. I will make that announcement on on uh, socials. <laughs> Fine. Be unprepared. This is Adagoo. This is Monet. Have a great night, everybody. This has been Cheeky Geeky. Woo!